Have you seen the movie 1917? You know, the movie that came out last year about the two young British soldiers trudging through the trenches of World War One in France and trying to deliver a message to the front lines and they're stumbling all over themselves. They're tripping through the mud. They're falling into disgusting watery pits with dead bodies and it's just horrifying to watch and exhilarating and you can't take your eyes off of it and it's just this brilliant horrific thing that you just keep watching and then at the end you finally take a breath why am i bringing that up the 2014 baylor tcu game was more top gun it was more Offenses operating at their very peak, the technological peak of a fighter jet, accomplishing everything they want to accomplish, the hot shot receivers catching every pass, the quarterbacks operating like technicians doing exactly what they want to do. This game, 2015 TCU, was a lot more like 1917. This is the Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week. All right, we are back again. This time, TCU is out for revenge. And, well, they got it, but it was not the way they expected to get it. We are going to get into that. We are going to talk to Julius Lewis, the cornerback for TCU, who combined on that final tackle in overtime to finally, mercifully end this war of attrition between TCU and Baylor. That's what we're going to talk about today. The Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week is brought to you by RevTown. RevTown Jeans, the world's best jeans. They were kind enough to send me some jeans, and they are amazing. If anybody knows me, they know I wear jeans all the time. Big jeans guy. That's you know that's That was not my nickname in high school, but it should have been. Big jeans guy. Love jeans. And RevTown makes the most comfortable jeans I've ever worn because what they've done is they take an approach. They are looking at jeans like athletic wear. They, they want the comfort of athletic wear, but the style of jeans. And so these jeans have a little bit of stretch. They're nice. They're comfortable. They feel good and they, they look good. Uh, you can't see me right now because this is a podcast, but you would, you would be pretty impressed. That's all I'm saying. RevTown, RevTownUSA.com. Last week, we had a great conversation with Chris Callahan, Baylor kicker who kicked the game-winning field goal in 61-58, the 2014 Baylor-TCU game. A classic by any measure. Uh, Both offenses just clicking on all cylinders. This game, all of the elements combined to make it one of the worst offensive games you'll ever see in your whole life. Baylor had four lost fumbles. Um, Ethan Perry for TCU punted. 12 times. Drew Galitz for Baylor punted 10 times. They combined for 855 yards of punts. It was just an absolute disaster of a game. And I wanted to pick this as the game of the week for TCU, not necessarily because it is the best game that TCU's played in the Big 12. They played plenty of big games. Um, They've had a good run in the Big 12. Uh, This was just so interesting to me because it was the revenge game for a sort of a perfect offensive game the year before between two perfect offensive machines and both of those teams you know kind of returned most of that talent from the year before or even were better 
um, on paper at the beginning of the season, but injuries started combining towards the end of the season here. And then, of course, the absolute horrible, horrible weather. So let me set the scene a little bit. This game was November 27th, 2015. The temperature was in the 30s, uh, but it was pouring rain, and, and the wind chill really had it about in the 20s. So it was already going to be bad. Of course, actually, at the beginning of the game, there was no rain, and we had what we thought was another offensive shootout. Both teams scored in their first possessions. Baylor actually scored in their first two. It was 14-7 to like that, and then there were no offensive touchdowns for the rest of the game. One of Baylor's lost fumbles was returned for a touchdown by TCU. That made it 14-all. That was the last scoring of the entire game. Once the rain came down, neither team could pass, but both teams kept trying. Another thing really holding Baylor back was they were down to their third-string quarterback, Chris Johnson, so they were really behind the eight ball when it came to passing, but they kept trying. Baylor threw it 24 times. TCU threw it 33. That said, they were fumbling when they were running it too. So there was really nothing, nothing positive when it came to offense in this game. Uh, some some really funny and interesting stats, and you'll get a lot more of these on the newsletter. Uh, Baylor's punter, Drew Galitz, had 29 punts before the game. He had 10 in this one game. So that just gives you a picture of what the game was like. It was absolute mayhem uh, watching you know you can find all these highlights on YouTube and, and watching um, highlights where it's uh, just every play you know just play 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 it's like uh, failed run failed pass failed run failed punt failed pu- failed run failed pass you know it's just over and over again it's just insane before we get into our interview with Julius Lewis I'm gonna run down the drive summary of this game and that'll give you a picture of what we're talking about when we, and then we'll jump into our interview with Julius, which was really good. Um, interesting interview. He, um, he just, uh, his career just ended. He just graduated from TCU. Uh, so he's very interesting because a lot of the guys we're talking to have, have not played in a while. He just finished his career. Um, and so he was a freshman in this game. We'll get into all of that and you'll hear some really interesting insights on what it's like to play in a just rain soaked disaster of a game. So here's the drive summary. Baylor touchdown, TCU touchdown, Baylor touchdown, TCU turnover on downs, Baylor punt, TCU fumble, TCU interception, Baylor interception, TCU punt, Baylor fumble return for a touchdown by TCU. This is the last point of the game, and now I'm going to rapid fire, and I'm not going to tell you who, I'm just going to rapid fire, not mentioning teams. Punt, 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 fumble, fumble, punt, end of half. Punt, 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 fumble, punt, 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 fumble, punt, end of game. Then we get into overtime, touchdown, touchdown, turnover on downs. That was fun. Let's jump into our interview with Julius Lewis, former cornerback from TCU. And we're here with Julius Lewis from TCU. He was the starting cornerback on that team and made the big fourth and one stop to win the game. Welcome, Julius. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing well. So real quick before we get into the game, can you give us just some background on yourself, uh, where you're from, how you ended up at TCU, and then what you're up to these days? Um, so my name is Julius Lewis from Mansfield, Texas. Uh, I ended up at TCU. Really, I got lucky. Uh, I got my scholarship offer through a workout at a camp. Um, so my only offer, only two offers at high school were Rice. Or my, going into my senior year, we're right in Texas Tech. And I got lucky enough to get one from TCU. So that's how I ended up there. And uh, right now, I'm just trying to stay healthy, stay away from coronavirus. Uh, were you 
you a sophomore that year? Is that right? True freshman. True freshman. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, obviously, you're from Mansfield. I imagine you haven't played many games in uh, 30 degree rainy weather with wind temperature or wind chill in the 20s. Nah, I haven't played any games. That would be <laughs> probably the worst conditions I've ever played football in. There was a, uh, I think it was a 45 minute weather delay before the game. What do you do in that time as a team? How do you stay physically ready and warm? And how do you stay mentally sharp? I mean, I imagine you've been hyped up for this game all week and then you have this delay. What do you do in that time period? Everybody was just stretching around the locker room, make sure you stay warm, listening to music, just trying to keep your mind right. Is it, I mean, I imagine, is it harder in a game like that, like a rivalry game, or is it you kind of try to treat it like any other game? Yeah, you try to treat it like any other game because I mean, this is the next game, but. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a task. Like, you know, that 45 minutes, like, you, you warm up, and then you go back in the locker room, and they're like, hey, we're, we're not going to play for another 45 minutes. And you got to change your mindset. So they locked in early. Yeah. So Baylor, Baylor comes out, and they scored on their first two possessions. Um, I guess you weren't part of the, the team the year before in the 61-58 to game. But I imagine there was some kind of feeling of, oh, here we go again, like this high-scoring Big 12 game. Uh, and then everything really stops once the rain comes down. What's the hardest part as a corner, as a defensive player, when it's so wet and rainy and slippery? You got to be able to keep your feet under you. You know, you can't take too big of a step back when you break. You know, the field. You got to be worried about the field conditions. Too. You got to. There's a lot of things going on, but you can't really think about all of them at the same time. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any? Did you have any moments where you had a big slip or the ball went right through your hands or anything like that throughout the game? Uh, I don't know about any slips, but I know there was one point where I dropped the pick. I know that for I remember that for a fact. <laughs> I rewatched the highlights of the game. There were you weren't the only one who did that. <laughs> On either team, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, when you go in at halftime, what are the coaches telling you? Are they just, I mean, is there even strategy at that point, or is it just like, hey, just fight through the conditions? That was one of the strangest halftime for us because, uh, you know, it was rain pouring. So, I we've never done this, we never did this, but the uh, during halftime we walked in, they had like fresh pairs, of, like they had like warm undergarments for us. Whoa! So most, of people, yeah, most of the people changed into like new tights and like long sleeves. Man, that's interesting. That was, it was a different halftime. So once we got our game plan from our coaches, they were like, all right, if you want to change your cleats, change whatever, just change real quick, and then we're going to get back out there and warm up. Did you feel, I would imagine you felt a lot better for that, at least about five minutes before everything got soaked through again? Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely felt better. I walked in the locker room, my feet were soaked. I had to change my socks, my tights, I had to change everything. Did you have any... Uh, uh, I don't know, long-term effects from the game, at least for a couple of weeks, from, like, blistering or anything like that, just playing in such weird, wet conditions? No, but uh, one of my best friends on the team got pneumonia. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he was the only one, or I'm surprised y'all all didn't get pneumonia. That's crazy. Yeah. But, no, other than that, we were all fine. So, going into overtime – then the points start coming quickly for, for both teams. But you obviously, you make this huge tackle on the fourth and one. Um, I, I'm, you know, what looking at the highlight, it seems like you knew exactly what was about to happen. Did, is that true? <laughs> no, because he was like, just go. He's like, everybody just go. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody could pass, you know, for for most of that game. So there's no threat that they're they're doing anything but running the ball right there. I, I assume. Me and Ty, me and Ty have this running joke going on. That, like he says he made it there first, and I say I made it there first. So. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a a team effort on that tackle. When you when did you realize? I mean, I guess right at the snap, you realize I've got this, and this game's over. Um, I mean, at first, it was like, as soon as we tackled him, I was like, "Oh, I'm behind the line of scrimmage." I'm like, "There's no way they got this." Yeah, and you. Uh, they, had, they reviewed it, and we're like, "Nah, there's no way they got this." Yeah, you sprinted off. I mean, you knew it immediately. I, I, so you're waiting on the review. Are you already celebrating and partying, basically? Oh, oh yeah, we were, we were already celebrating. Did uh I I don't remember did the fans did they run on the field or were they running home to uh, get out of the weather? <laughs> they, no, they ran on the field. I remember that. The people who stayed they ran on the field. <laughs> did you have a a good night out in Fort Worth that night? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> it was nothing to do. Everybody was home for Thanksgiving break, so we just stayed home and played video games all night. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. That's always so weird when when a team wins a big game, but it's over Thanksgiving and the students aren't there, and you just are, you know. Just go home, I guess. Yeah, go home, chill. That's all I did. <laughs> did you ever think in in the middle of the game, man, this would be the absolute worst game to lose? I mean, if you're going through all of that and then to to lose it, did you ever have that thought of, man, if we lose this game? Oh yeah, definitely. Because like leading up to Baylor, like some of the Baylor people, or of course, apparently they're Baylor people. I don't know. They came up there and spray painted the facility sixty-one to fifty-eight. So it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on during that week. So we like we knew we couldn't lose that game. For sure. Being from Mansfield, did you have um, any any former teammates or friends at Baylor? Um, not at the time, but uh, the year after, I had a couple had a couple people uh, that I was teammates with with the Baylor. Uh, and then actually, I, I I knew one person. He went to South Grand Prairie. Uh, he played receiver there. Oh, okay. Uh, so this was obviously a big win for TCU, but really in the context, this is a much bigger loss for Baylor. Um, took them out of the Big Twelve championship contention. Took them out of um, you know potential playoff contention. How much sweeter is it to not only win a big game like that, not only win a really really tough game in awful conditions, but to sort of ruin the season of a rival? Did that make it just a little bit sweeter? Oh yeah, most definitely made it a lot sweeter. Uh, especially what happened to the guys the year before. So, you know. Did they, did they talk about that a lot in the week leading up to it? You know, your teammates, were they saying, talking about the game last year? Um, I mean, besides watching the film on it, no, not really. It's a new year, new team. So all yeah. we do is watch the film on it, learn from it, and then change our game plan. Yeah, you never know if, if that's more of a fan thing or if the players are actually having those conversations. So I guess it's more of a fan thing to be talking about that. Uh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, mostly fan thing, media thing. You know. um, well, this is this has been really good. Uh, what's kind of your, I guess, do you have one main, besides the, the big tackle and all that stuff, do you have one sort of main memory or takeaway or thing that you remember from that game that maybe most people wouldn't think about? First drive, I had a pick, but it got taken back from a roughing the passer. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. Okay, I remember that was that would have been a big momentum swing. How do you say anything to your teammate who gets that penalty after that? Uh, no, I didn't say anything. One of the coaches did. (laughs) I was like every time, but 
I would see him, I would always give him a hey, man, you remember that one time you got my pick taken away because of the rough of the passer? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's better to bring up later after you win the game than it is to bring up in the moment. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I forgot that that was also you. You had a, that was quite a game for you. Did you, um, so you were a true freshman. You had, you had a whole career in front of you. Um, is this your most memorable moment, most memorable game from your career? Or do you have some others that you point to? Um, definitely that one, the Alamo Bowl, the first Alamo Bowl, that one was probably the best game ever. Was that the crazy, crazy comeback? Yeah. With, uh, Colt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and then the cheese bowl itself. That was uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was the cheese bowl. That was the one where like nobody could score or something like that. It was a real s- sloppy game. Seven interceptions were thrown. <laughs> Did you get any of those? Yeah, I got one. <laughs> I went to double overtime. <laughs> that's right. Did you get okay? Cheese it bowl question. I know that's not what I said we were going to talk about, but you brought it up. Do you get like a lot of cheese it's in the locker room? Like, what's the swag like at the cheese it bowl? There were so many boxes of cheese everywhere. There was like, I think at the end of the game, there was like a, a cup just filled with cheese it's just sitting in the locker room. <laughs> I, still, I still have an unopened box too that says like Cal TCU on it. That's awesome. Did you get any other? I mean, did they give you other cool swag or was it all cheese it based? That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, one more question. TCU, do you have a prediction for this year, a record prediction going into the for the 2020 season? I just hope they go undefeated. I mean, the defense, <laughs> got everybody returning. You got to work for the free lives. Uh, you know, they brought in some new people on offense side to help out. So, I mean, I never really talk about offense because they always do their own thing, but I'm really excited for this year. You think the defense is going to look really good this year? I mean, what have, ha- have we not looked good? Well, yeah, listen. I mean, a, a Baylor fan might say 61-58, but hey, <laughs> for the most part, the D- TCU defense yeah. does look look really good. So um, I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, man, no problem. And thanks again to Julius for that great interview. I, uh, You know, I'll be honest. I didn't really know much about Julius or his career before the interview. I reached out to the great Mark Cohen at TCU, the SID, and he said, hey, Julius is a good guy. He's, he'll do a good interview, and he made the game-saving tackle, and, and so that was great. Uh, it was really, really interesting getting to talk to him. I, I really liked the the idea, and maybe I'm the only one who's fascinated by this, but uh, of getting the all-new equipment, all-new clothes and shoes and everything at halftime because – I played baseball in high school, and um, the the school where I, where I played, we tried to be the season had to be done before graduation in May, so we would start in January, and we played a r- lot of really, 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 really cold games in January and February. And when you're out there, it, you know it's 35, 40 degrees, you're freezing, but you're you're moving, you're feeling good, you know, you're, you're there's kind of an adrenaline that's flowing when you're just trying to get through the elements. 
and then you'd come in the dugout and you might have a heater in the dugout you get warmer you put on your coat you're you're warm and then the uh the inning ends and just that mental like i don't want to go back out there Ugh, you know it was just it was devastating and so i imagine the same thing in the locker room they get all dry they get their new their new everything on i mean down to their their underwear <laughs> uh and then they go oh, we got to go back out there and get soaked through all this stuff i i just i uh, i thought that was funny just thinking about that mental image but once again thank you julius for joining us to talk about one of my favorite big 12 games ever because uh not because it was beautifully played not because it was amazing but because it was memorable and terrible and uh just very 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 um just funny i guess just to look back and be like man they had to play this and there was so much on the line so this resulted in baylor not making the college football playoff they ended up losing the next week to texas they did win the russell athletic bowl over north carolina and that was the last game art bryles coached um we don't need to get into why we all know why but that was the last game art bryles coached so this was kind of the last great opportunity for baylor to make the playoff under art bryles obviously matt rule kind of got them back in the playoff contention last year and now he coaches the Panthers, but it was a, the last great opportunity in the Bryles era, and TCU ruined it on this horrible rainy night. TCU actually ended up winning the Alamo Bowl, and, and, and they were ranked number seven by the end of the season. So this was huge for TCU as well to get through this game, and to uh, they beat uh, number 15 Oregon. So they, they got through a really, really challenging game, and it ended up being really good for them by the end of the season. So this was a big game both for, you know, for both teams. It wasn't like one team sort of, you know, TCU obviously was the underdog. They win the game, but it wasn't like a fluke for them because it ended up setting them up for a very, very solid end of the season and to end up ranked number seven is huge for TCU. Uh, and so th that was, this was a very significant game for a ton of reasons. And so that's one of the reasons, th those are the many reasons that I wanted to go over it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, I know if you are a TCU fan listening to this, you're like, why do I want to subscribe? Because I have, I'm not going to listen to the other uh, weeks and, and the throwbacks to these other schools' great games. That's fine. You can skip the next, what is it, eight weeks. Um, but once the season starts, fingers crossed that there is a season, we're going to have guests from all the schools. We're going to talk about every game every week. We're going to preview games. This is not, um, you know, this is a podcast where we talk about the whole Big 12. Um, and so, yes, TCU fans, you might be like, I'm not going to listen to the the Texas Tech uh, game of the week. That's fine. But once the season starts, I would love for you to jump back in with us, a uh, weekly podcast. And we're going to have a lot more guests this upcoming season, um, just like we're having on the game of the week. So please subscribe and, uh, you know, listen in or, you know, listen we don't have many sports right now and the sports we have are all weird without crowds and stuff like that. So if you want to reminisce on some other teams, great moments, that would be great as well. Next week, we are traveling out to the outskirts of Texas, the, uh, all the way out to West Texas to Lubbock to Jones, AT&T stadium for the most memorable night in that stadium and potentially the most iconic moment or the, at least the most iconic play in the history of, of the Big 12. We have huge guests lined up for that. So please stay tuned. Subscribe to the podcast. Check out the YouTube video with the key play breakdown of Sean Oakman versus Ethan Perry part two and read the newsletter if you haven't already. This is the Big 12 Bullets game of the week presented by Revtown, the most comfortable jeans in the world. Yeah,